Amen. What a blessing it is to worship God just for who God is. There's times, of course, when we go to God and ask for things. Uh, Jesus makes it clear in Matthew chapter 7. He say, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be made open unto you. And that's perfectly fine. We get that. But then there's times where we go to God and we just worship God for who God is. It's a beautiful thing. So keep the balance there. Balance it out. Um, and that's, you know, that's how you understand the relationship with God. I'm, I'm going to ask, but then there's times I'm just sitting at God's feet and just being thankful for who God is and being grateful and worshiping God just for who God is. So keep the balance and just so uh, grateful and thankful um, <laughs> that we can worship God for who God is, a God that does not change in the midst of things that seem to change every day. He says, I'm the Lord, and Malachi declares, I'm the Lord, and I change not. It's a beautiful thing. Worship God because God doesn't change. God is not wishy-washy. God is not going to change his mind. It's not two-faced. God doesn't change. God, I worship you just for who you are. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Let's quickly go over the announcements. Uh, thank you so much for your giving, all of you that have been giving. I just want to say thank you so much. It's been a blessing. It allows us just to, to uh, continue to show up every Sunday and deliver the word, uh, the, the, the word right out of the word uh, to, a, to a country, to a, uh, to a people, to ourselves that so desperately need the word of God with so much noise and conspiracy theories and everything that's out there. God, thank God for the word Wednesdays and on Sundays. Thank you. So your giving allows us to continue to do that. If you're on your desktop, go to SouthBayALC.com, uh, press the giving icon and then give accordingly. If you're on your cell phone, go to the three bars, press the three bars, go to giving and then give accordingly. Or if you're still writing checks like myself, make it payable to SBALC. S-B-A-L-C, and then you go ahead and mail it to South Bay Abundant Life Church, 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279, Long Beach, California, 90807. That's 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279, Long Beach, California, 90807. And just want to say thank you so much. Uh, there's no amount too small or too great. And uh, for all our family on Facebook, you know, just giving and supporting the ministry. It is greatly appreciated. We thank you so much. Zoom family, South Bay Abundant Life Church family, just let me say uh, from the bottom of my heart on behalf of South Bay Abundant Life Church and our, the missionaries we support that takes the gospel all around the world, uh, we just want to say thank you so much. A world that so desperately needs the gospel, thank you. Um, for adding to the ministry of South Bay Abundant Life Church. Bible study this week, we are in 1 Kings chapter 17. Make a note, 1 Kings chapter 17. So we've been going over the different kings. We've been having good kings and, well, we have kings that are doing what's right in the sight of God, exactly what the word says. <clears throat> we have kings that are doing what's right in the sight of God. We have, doing, we have kings that are doing what's evil in the sight of God. And we have seen with the transition of power with these kings, uh, they go from bad to worse. So we're praying in our transition, God, we're praying as God tells us to pray for all those in authority, because that's what God calls on the body of Christ to do. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. So stay in prayer as we're going through the word. The application is right on and it's relevant. But in this chapter 17, God pauses and we see Elijah in the midst of uh, in the midst of all the the leadership issues. God does a miracle with Elijah and the, the widow and the widow's son. And I'm telling you, if you haven't been to Bible study, you want to be there this Wednesday night. Read First uh, Kings chapter 17 in preparation for Bible study. It is going to be amazing. Uh, you can just go to the website. The link is there. All you have to do is push the link. It'll bring you right into the Zoom for uh, Bible study, southbayalc.com. Go to, you'll see the links right there. Sunday morning, Wednesday night, just push Wednesday night, 6.30 to 7.30. And uh, if you're in need of prayer, prayer requests, praise report, email us please at, please at life, life at southbayalc.com, life at 
AOC.com. Please give us the, the honor and the privilege of praying for you. We know that prayer changes things. So um, life at SouthBayALC.com, prayer requests, prayer needs, praise reports. And then I just want to make you aware that um, on Sundays, I'm, we're posting the message. Um, Sunday evening, we, have, we should have every, what you're seeing right now, we'll have this message posted on um, YouTube. So you can put in Pastor Jerome Vincent Carter or South Bay Abundant Life Church, and then just find the date and this message is posted. Um, so if you enjoy the message, you want to share it with friends and family, you can give them the YouTube link and that should be posted. The, today's message will be posted every Sunday night on uh, YouTube. So, uh, and then those of you on Facebook, it just stays right there on, on my page and you can watch it and share it there as well. So thank you for sharing the message. Let's be, let's evangelize. <laughs> let's get the message out. The world desperately needs the word of God today and every day. Um, <clears throat> those are all the announcements I have for today. Um, let's go ahead and get into the word. Let's go ahead and get into the word. Uh, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We bless you. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing, God. We see your, your hand, your good hand of favor. We see your hand of grace. We see your love and mercy moving throughout uh, our lives and, and, the, and, and, our, and our city and our family and our friends and the, and the world, even in the midst of the pandemic and everything that's going on. God, we see your hand. So we thank you and we bless you for it. Now we ask that you speak to us through your word, Lord. We, we, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. It illuminates the way, Lord. As we try our best to navigate through this dark, fallen, dying and broken and decaying world, thank you for your word. It teaches us how to live, how to give, how to forgive, how to think, how to act, how to meditate. Your word leaves nothing to question. It covers it all. Speak to us now. Holy Spirit, lead, guide, and direct. Direct us through your word, God. Speak directly to our hearts. Give us revelation that leads to transformation. And we practice it daily, which is application. Thank you for your word. We open our hearts and minds to receive what the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to us through his word today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If you would open your Bibles to the book of Jonah chapter one, as we continue our message, the good servant, the good shepherd, um, Christ is the good shepherd. And we've made our, we got messages within the message. And we're talking about ministering to the lost. We were in Acts chapter 16 and Paul and Silas ministered to the oppressive jailer, didn't discriminate. And then we were doing the comparison where Jonah, God told him to go to Nineveh and he decided to go in the opposite direction. And, and family, we have to be mature to follow the assignment that God has given us. We can't run in the opposite direction because we don't like, quote unquote, those people or their kind or they don't look like us or act like us or smell like us or talk like us. We can't pick and choose who we minister to. Jesus Christ made it clear in Matthew chapter 28 and 18. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, teach all nations that God is offering a new kingdom through Jesus Christ. Don't settle for a nation. When God's offering a kingdom, don't settle for a hood or a city or anything less than the best that God has for us. And that's a new kingdom through Jesus Christ. We talked about it last week in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13, verse 11. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became mature and mature in Christ, I put away childish things. Body of Christ, family, it's time to put away childish things. We don't have time to waste. We have to resist and rebuke the Jonah syndrome that's trying to get us to run from the assignment that God has for us. So God is calling us today. Say, go way beyond a new year. And I spoke to you the, the first Sunday after the new year. I told you after, uh, the, at the end of the week, it's going to seem like the same old, same old. <laughs> Here, we just, we, it, it, God's outside of time. The year doesn't mean anything to God. But what does mean something to God is the new heart that he gives us. The new spirit that he gives us. 
the new creation that we are in Christ, the new mercies that greeted us this morning, that's what we should get excited about. The new creation that we are in Christ, the new covenant, the new kingdom, the new heaven, the new earth, we can celebrate that every day. Don't stop at the year, go all the way. God's calling us to a much higher calling in Christ Jesus and, and, and we don't have time to waste and we, and, we, and we have to stop making excuses. So here we are in the book of Jonah, uh, Jonah 1, and I'll read 1, and then we'll really break down verse 3 today and 4. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, get up and go. Just like God's told us, get up and go. Family, somebody God is telling you, get up and go. It's time for you to get up and go minister. Some of you have been sitting on your gifts and your talents, what God has given you for years. God is saying, this is this time now. Arise, get up and go. And what do we use them for? We use them for ministry purposes. He tells Jonah to go to Nineveh. Where is that? Where has he told you to go to? Are you spending time with God so God can speak to your heart and give you your next assignment? God's closing doors to get our attention so that he can show us what our next assignment is. You're fighting against God. You're holding on to that, to that job that you got laid off from. You're all upset with your boss and you're upset with, with God and people and God's trying to close the door like he's doing for Jonah. Get your attention until you get up and go and do what I've called you to do. Tells Jonah to get up and go to Nineveh. He didn't like those people. He didn't want to minister to them. That's a problem. Jesus said, go to all nations. We read in Revelation 7 and 9 that all nations are there worshiping God. <laughs> we read in, in, in Matthew 25. Uh, what was it? 25 and 31, I believe it was. 25 and 31. It says that all nations are standing before Jesus Christ, the King. And he said that Jesus is putting the, the, the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left hand. So all nations are represented. And he told us to go. That's why he told us to go to all nations because they're all gonna have to stand before God. And we can't discriminate saying we don't like the color of their skin, we don't like their language, you don't like them because they're poor or they're homeless or I don't have time for that or it takes me out of my comfort zone. Jonah didn't want to get out of his comfort zone and go to people to go minister to people that he didn't like. God hasn't called us to be comfortable, he's called us to be committed to Christ. Commit to Christ, don't commit to the counterfeit. God hasn't called us to be comfortable. Comfortable, he's called us to be committed to Christ. Get up and go, regardless of who he sends you to. Gotta be mature in Christ and put away childish things and stop listening to the noise of the world. The world's gonna do what the world is gonna do, but God's called his body those that have been born again, regenerated from above, those that can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, those that have the new heart and a new spirit and a new mind and are new creations. He said, you're ambassadors for Christ. Go make disciples of all nations. So he's calling us to. So he tells Jonah to go. He says, for their wickedness has come up before me. God sees everything. Make a note you should have that. The good, the bad, and the ugly, God sends us out. God gives us an opportunity to repent. As we go through Jonah, you'll see when Jonah, eventually the second time when God spoke, told him the same assignment. He tried to run, but God told him the same thing. Then he went and the people repented and Jonah was upset because the people repented because he didn't like them, but he knew the nature and the character of God, that God forgives those that repent, turn away and ask God for forgiveness. And he didn't like them and he didn't want them to repent. So he ran. In verse three, says Jonah got up. He got up, but he went the wrong way. Jonah rose, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them, <laughs> whoever them are, right, unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. It's very problematic. Let's, let's just park at verse three for a while. And God, some of us are running, um, trying to escape from the assignment that God has for us, trying to ignore it, going the wrong way. 
And, and God says it's, it's three elements to the escape family. And we have to be careful that we don't get caught up in the elements of the escape. But it's three elements to the to the escape that we see in verse three. Number one, it's effort. Jonah found a ship. It took effort. And then he paid the fare. Um, and, you know, make a note, we spend money on what we want to spend money on. <laughs> make no mistake. Well, I don't have the money. I beg to differ. You and I, we find the money. We'll borrow the money to spend it on something we want to spend it on. Jonah spent it to, to run from God. You know, it amazes me. And, you know, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm clear with this, um, speaking to a group of men, you know, pre-COVID, and maybe we're putting on a couple's retreat and the the husband says, you know, bro, I just, it's real tight right now. I just don't have the money to go on a couple's retreat. I got it. I understand. Right? But we spend money on what we want to spend on because I called the same gentleman a week later and told him I had some Laker tickets. It was the same amount as the couple's retreat. He said, give me a few minutes. Call back in five minutes, man. Let's go. See, we spend money on what we want to spend money on. So don't tell me you don't have the money. Jonah had the resource. Doesn't matter how much or how little. We spend money on stuff that we want to spend money on. So we got effort. It takes money. And then we hang out with the wrong crowd. Jonah was hanging out with them. And whoever them are in your life, the ungodly, them is the ungodly wrong crowd. And so here's my question to you. What vehicle, what mode of escape Jonah found a ship. Uh, what, what have you found? What, what mode of escape have, have you found to run from God? What vehicle that you're using to teleport you or to take you away from the presence of God? Is it your job? Is it your business? Is it your church? Is it your ministry? What are you using that you're hiding behind that's allowing you to run from the presence of God? Is it people? Is it sex? Is it drugs? Alcohol? Foolishness? Friends? Stuff? Possessions? Money? Fortune? Fame? Excuses? Lies? Pride? Arrogance? Go down the list. You fill in the blank. But what have you found so you can run from the presence of God? What, have you, what effort have you made to run from God? Greed, anger, unforgiveness. The blame game where you, it's always somebody else's fault. So we keep making excuses and we, ref, we refuse to get up and grow up and stop blaming others. The scriptures are clear. Some things we have to go through. We've been blaming God for too long, being upset with God. So what excuses are you using? It's nothing new. Look at the excuses they used. Uh, with Jesus. Let's go to Luke uh, 14, verse 16. Keep your finger on Jonah. We'll be back there, but you need to see this. That's why I'm telling you, have your physical Bible. The word is clear. God speaks through his word. Please have your physical Bible. Use your phone when you're on the go, but on Sunday morning, set time to be dialed in so you can take notes so God can speak to your heart through his word. Luke chapter 14 and verse 16. And it talks about Jesus Christ. He's using a parable about God inviting us to the supper, the great supper. Verse 16, then he said unto them, a certain man made a great supper and invited many. Thank you, Lord. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God invites everyone. Not everyone receives Christ. There are those that reject Christ for whatever excuse. So make a note, God invites everyone. God's not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. And that's 2 Peter 3 and 9. So here we are that God's inviting everybody to the supper. Verse 16. Verse 17, he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were invited, come for all things are ready. All things are now ready. Make a note of that, underline that. 
God is telling somebody now is the time. Make a note. We serve a God of detail, specifics, order and timing. Let me say it again. Make a note as we've been going through the scriptures from the New Testament all the way to the from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's one theme. We serve a God of detail, order, specifics and timing. So God is talking to to us right now. He's telling somebody right now it's time. Right. Look what he says. Verse seven is, and he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were invited, come. For all things are now ready. It's supper time. Somebody, God is telling you, come, come back right now. <laughs> come right now. It's time. All things are now ready now, ready, time. Come, God's speaking to somebody's heart. Rededicate your life to Christ. Follow and fulfill the assignment that God has for you. Get out of your comfort zone. Stop making excuses. It's time. Resist, rebuke the Jonah syndrome. You've been headed the wrong direction for too long. God says, come back now. Repent now. All things are ready. It's time. Look at the writing on the wall. It's time to come back home. It's time to come back to God. God's invited you. You have to receive and not reject. Verse 18. And all of them with one accord began to make excuses. Ooh, right in the word. Underline, underline the first excuse. And with one accord, all of them that God has invited. So family, we, we do have to go out and invite people. We understand that. We can't take it personal. Remember, we can't take it personal when they reject us or reject the invitation. Just like God told Samuel, said the people aren't rejecting you, Samuel. Don't take it personal. They're rejecting me. But we have to go. We have to tell people that it's time. <laughs> family, it's 2021. Look around. Put away childish things. We're in the midst of a pandemic. We're in the midst of all types of un uncertainty. And God's saying it's time. Go out and let the people know, even if they make excuses, let them know that God has invited you to have a new life in Jesus Christ. Let them know that all power and authority in heaven and on earth is in the hand of Jesus Christ. And God is inviting you to be a new creation in Jesus Christ. Where the old things are passed away and behold, all things are come, become new. Let them know now is the time. And if they reject it, then that's on them. But you got to let them know. You got to go. You got to stop running like Jonah was running. Verse 13, and, and, and they all with one accord begin to make an excuse. The first one said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. I bought a piece of land. And I must needs, I have to go and see it. Uh, I pray that you will have me excused. Uh, underline, there's this word excused again. Making excuses. Mm. Why we can't do the will of God, why we can't repent, why we can't love our wife, why we can't love our children, why we can't fulfill the assignment that God's called us to do, why we can't humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways so God can hear Forgive sins and heal the land. We're always making an excuse why we can't get up and spend time with God. The God we say that we love, but we make an excuse and we spend no time with God. And we make an excuse because I got so much going on. This guy is saying, my business comes before God. And then saying, God, will you please excuse me because you understand I got to make my paper. I got to do what I have to do. Times are hard, so God, excuse me for not doing what you've called me to do. Excuse me for not spending time with you. I got to do. I know you invited me, God, <laughs> and I appreciate it, but you know what? I got to handle my business. I got to go see this piece of land. The business takes priority over God. Verse 19, and another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to test them. I pray that you would have me excuse. Underline, there's that word again, excuses, excuses, excuses. This one's saying my job takes priority over God. I got to go to work, Lord. 
I got to go take a test. I got to go test this. I got to test that. My job, my, my schooling, Lord. You know I'm in school, Lord, and I'm studying all types of foolishness. I'm studying everything except the word of God, but please excuse me, Lord, because I got to go and, uh, and test the take the test or test the, the job or I've got to go handle my job. You know how demanding it is, but I appreciate the invite, God. My job takes priority over you. Then verse 20, and another one said, uh, I have married me a wife. I have a spouse and I therefore I cannot come. Sorry, God, you know, I'm in this relationship right now. <laughs> Ooh, I'm in this relationship. I'm running from you. I'm in this relationship. It's probably no good for me, Lord, but I, I'm in it right now. And matter of fact, not only is it a relationship, but I'm uh, married now. And you know, as much as I love you, Lord, I just got to spend time with my spouse. And so please excuse me. Uh, I don't have time for you. My relationships, my outside relationships take precedent over my relationship with God. Please excuse me. It's nothing new. It's nothing new under the sun. Jonah ran in the days of Christ. They were running to do any and everything, making all types of excuses not to fulfill the assignment that God had for him and not to spend time with God. But look, here's the irony of it. And I wrote it down so I could read it. Sister Kathy, it says, read this. So I got to read it. God's telling us to eliminate all excuses, the business, the job, the relationships, they're all excuses to run from God just like Jonah did. And here's the irony. <laughs> here's the irony. God made it possible. Somebody say amen. God made it possible for me to have a business, for me to have a job, and for me to have a relationship. And now I use these same things to make excuses to run and hide from the presence of God. Mm. God help us. Let me say it again. Here's the irony. God made it possible. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29, I believe it's verse 13, it says uh, that power and might is in God's hands and he gives us strength. He gives strength unto all. 1 Chronicles 29, it's around 13 or 14. It says that power and might is in the hand of God and he gives strength unto all to make great. If God didn't give us the strength, I wouldn't have a business. If God didn't give me the strength, I wouldn't get up, couldn't be able to get up to have a job. If God didn't give me the strength, I wouldn't be able to have a, or maintain a relationship. So here's the irony. Let me say it, say it again. God made it possible for us to have, for you and I to have a business, to have a job, to have a relationship. And then we use those things to run from God and to hide from God and to make excuses not to fulfill the assignment that God has given us. Not only that, look at this. We're quick to say, oh, this is, God, this is God's business. We're quick to say, oh, God opened the door for me to have a job. We're quick to say, God's blessed me with a spouse. And then we're even quicker to hide behind those things and not to spend time with the God who's given us all to us. <laughs> and I ask you again, what have you found to take you from the presence of God? What excuse are you using to take you from the presence of God? Let's go back to, go back to Jonah. So we look at verse three. So that's the, the first element of the escape is effort to make an excuse. I got to conjure up an excuse to run from God. It takes effort to run from God. And it's exhausting. <laughs> the, the mental and, and, and spiritual, physical, emotional drain of, 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 of sin and disobedience and running from God, it's exhausting. The, the roller coaster that it takes you on, it's exhausting running from God. But then Jonah, he takes it to another level. Not only does it take effort, but then he's paying. <laughs> he's paying to run from God. He's, he's coming out of his pocket just like we do. 
And it could be hobbies and vices and, and, and prostitution and vacations and, 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 and any type of sin. And it's even education, mind-altering mind drugs and alcohol. But, but the, the, the education thing, we even go into debt. We pay to go into debt to study something that has no eternal relevance at all. And you, and you all know I'm, I'm, a, I'm an educator, so I'm not saying don't get educated. I'm saying don't use it as an excuse to run from God. Don't use it as an excuse not to read your Bible. You're reading all these other books. Read your Bible. We'll read anything. We'll get a degree in ignorance. We'll read anything except the word of God. And Jonah paid, and we're paying uh, excessive amounts of money to, to get educated. And that's okay. But you use that education as you're studying God's word, mixed with the wisdom of God's word. And then you go out and you fulfill the assignment that God has for you. Use your job, use your, your ministry, use your business, use your marriage to fulfill the assignment that God has for you, not to run from it, not to hide from it. We don't have time to waste, and we have to eliminate all excuses. We study things that have little to no eternal, little or no eternal value. We study anything except for the word of God. We'll buy stuff, and just like Jonah, we'll buy stuff and things and gadgets and homes and horses and anything else to keep us distracted and running from God. We're paying. Remember, when you're involved in sin and, sin and disobedience, it takes you further than you want to go. Sin and disobedience takes you further than you want to go. It's going to cost you more than you more than you're willing to pay and it's going to keep you longer than you plan to stay. Let me say it again. It's exhausting. Sin and disobedience will take you further as we'll see with Joan. It's going to take him somewhere. It's going to take you further than you want it to go. It's going to cost you more. It's going to cost you and I more than we're willing to pay and it's going to keep us longer than we want it to stay. And so then Jonah, he hangs out and he gets on a on a the third element of the escape is ungodly friends. We know these people are ungodly because they all called on their God and no one called on the true and living God. We'll get there probably next week. No one called on the true and living God, but Jonah. So they all called on their gods, their counterfeit gods. That's why it's so important for us to commit to Christ and not commit to the counterfeit because they're calling on their counterfeit gods for no answer. They wake Jonah up, calls on his God, the true and living God. So Jonah, he's making effort, he finds a ship, he's paying. Then the third element of the escape is ungodly friends and associates, not even friends, just associates or friends that you choose to hang out with as called your them. He got down, he went down into the ship with them unto Tarshish. So here's the other question. Who's your them? <laughs> Make a note, people come into your life for two reasons. To push you closer to God or to pull you further away from God. That's it. Let's not overcomplicate this thing. <laughs> Think about your relationships now. Are they pushing you closer to God or they're pulling you further away from God. That's all people come into your life for. You determine and you know, but see, we'll hang out with them so we can continue to run from God. <laughs> That's what Jonah did. And look at, look at the thing, look at the irony of it. Jonah, he didn't even, he didn't even know them and they didn't know Jonah. So we'll hang out with a bunch of strangers. Make a note. We'll hang out with a bunch of strangers just to run from the presence of God. God help us. Lord have mercy. 
anything but what God's called me to do. Anything but coming because the time is ready to receive what God has for us. Look at verse four. <laughs> but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. There was a mighty tempest, a storm, so that the ship was likely to be broken. Mm. So in the midst of our sin and disobedience, God will allow, God will send out a storm. Financial storm, a relationship storm, an illness disguised as a storm, a layoff disguised as a storm, a pandemic disguised as a storm, into your life, into my life, to wake us up and let us know we're going the wrong way and say, get back on track for God. Let me say it again. God will send a financial storm or relationship storm, an illness disguised as a storm, a layoff disguised as a storm, a pandemic disguised as a storm into your life, into my life and say, wake up. You're going in the wrong direction. Some of you are fighting against God, clinging on to that relationship, and God is sending a, a storm in the midst of that relationship saying, wake up. You're going in the wrong direction. Get back on track and fulfill the assignment that God has for you. Some of you, God did you a favor by closing the door to that job. You got the pink slip. Let it go. God's done you a favor. God's trying to get your attention. Wake up. Start going in the right direction and fulfill the calling that God has for your life. We're, we're fighting against God. Stop fighting against God. It's exhausting fighting against God. <laughs> God is saying we're going in the wrong direction with the wrong crowd hanging out with them, that relationship you're clinging to, the job that you got laid off from, God has done us a favor. Now, now it's time to wake up spiritually. It's time to wake up spiritually and fulfill the calling that God has for your life. And look what he says. Says this storm, that last line, was the ship was likely to be broken. Here's the revelation. God is saying this storm is going to break you if you don't wake up, repent, and get going in the right direction and fulfill the assignment God has for your life. Let me say it again. Here's the revelation. God is saying to you and I, to the body of Christ, this storm is going to break you if you don't wake up, repent, and get going in the direction, the correct direction to fulfill the assignment that God has for your life. The time is now, we don't have time to waste. We have to put away childish things. We have to stop blaming God for where we are. God's doing you a favor. God's trying to get your attention. God's trying to wake you up. We don't have time to waste. I don't know if you looked around lately. It's not business as usual. We don't have time to waste. We got to get connected and stay committed and connected to Christ. Stop committing to the counterfeit. So we find ourselves in the midst of a storm because of our sin and disobedience. And we want to blame God. Hey, don't get upset with God. Get upset with the, with the sin and disobedience that put you in the storm. <laughs> Let me say it again. Don't get upset with God. Get angry. Get disgusted with the sin and the disobedience that put you in the middle of the storm. Repent and run back to God. God's been waiting for you. He's already invited you. Come on back home. And fulfill the assignment. Stop making excuses. Stop blaming other people. Put away the childish things. Resist and rebuke the Jonah syndrome. The 
Verse five, then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God. See, I told you they weren't godly because it's a little G. And cast their wares. They're getting rid of stuff. They're throwing stuff. They're trying to get stuff out because the ship is sinking. Family, I don't know if you looked around, but this ship is sinking. <laughs> and and, and we'd be, we'll be wise to get rid of some stuff and run to the true and living God. Then the mariners were afraid. Underline that they were afraid. Sin and disobedience makes you afraid. You're hanging out with ungodly people. You should be afraid. It's taking you somewhere you don't need to go. I'm not talking about ministering to others. I'm talking about being influenced and following the ungodly. You should be afraid. You should be afraid if you're in a circle of friends and they're being disobedient like Jonah is. You should be fearful because you're out of the will of God. You're out of the coverage area. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the, the things they, that were in the ship into the sea. Isn't it funny how stuff really don't mean that much when your life is on the line? <laughs> when, when you're sick, you don't care about that car, that house, that TV. You're all worried about getting well getting healthy because it doesn't mean anything. Stop making excuses and hiding behind stuff that doesn't really mean anything. They got rid of that stuff right away. Because you know what? My life means more than that stuff and people are going to find out the hard way that their eternal destination meant so much more than the temporary garbage and stuff that we put so much value on because we're being tricked by the enemy and make us think that having something means that you're something. When God made us something based on one, Psalms 139, God made us something before we were anything. Before you were even born, God already made you something. But the enemy makes us think we need to have something. These guys are in a, in, in a, in a tough situation, in a life or death situation, and the stuff they thought meant so much, they're throwing it overboard because it doesn't mean as much as your life. And I'm telling you, it doesn't. This world doesn't mean more than your soul. Don't sell your soul out for this temporary stuff that the world is offering, that if the ship was going down, we would throw it all overboard in a heartbeat just like they did. Tuh. Get rid of all of it. If the house is on fire, I'm running out of the house. I'm not trying to get anything but my kids, my wife, and save all of our lives. Family, as we look around today, the house is on fire. The ship is sinking. Focus in on the things that are important. The assignment that God has called you to fulfill. Stop running from God. Look, at, let's, let's, we'll uh, finish verse 5 and then we'll... Have one more scripture, then we'll pick it up next week. Then the mariners were afraid, and you should be, you and I, we should be, if I'm hanging out and being influenced by the ungodly, cried every man unto their God. See, people are worshiping something. It's not the true and living God. See, right here, your, your stuff's not going to help you. That horoscope's not going to help you. Those ungodly friends aren't going to help you. All that stuff that you thought was your God. It's not going to help you in a, in a time like this, in the midst of a life or death storm. They got rid of all the stuff. And they threw it into the sea to lighten it, to lighten the load. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship. And he was laying down, was fast asleep. Make a note, family, we've been asleep too long. God is saying, wake up. We're in the midst of this, whatever it is that's going on in our world today, and we're sleepwalking, and we're making excuses. People are dying and going to hell, and we're saying, I'm okay with that because I don't like those people anyway. And we're sleepwalking spiritually. And God says, the time is now to come back home. Preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations. Let them know that Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth. You can have a new life in Christ. Wake up. We can't sleep in the midst of the storm. Body of Christ, family, mature Christians, hear me. We can't sleep in the midst of the storm anymore. 
We got to get up. We got to grow up and we got to mature. Last scripture and then we'll pick up the rest next week. Let's go. I want you to see this. Second Corinthians 520. It's an assignment. It's not arrogance. It's an assignment. That you and I are ambassadors for Christ. We're representatives of Christ. We forget who we are. We forget who we ultimately work for. We forget who ultimately provides for us. We forget who ultimately keeps us healthy. Doctors prescribe medicine and we thank God for that. But healing comes from God. We are ambassadors for Christ. We're representatives of Christ. That supersedes your, your, your skin color. That supersedes what country you come from. That supersedes what hood you grew up in. That supersedes who your parents are, what job you have. This, because look in verse 5 and 17, it says, Therefore, if any person be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're a new creation. We have a new assignment. Yes, we appreciate those things. We're proud of where we come from. And all, but it doesn't supersede the assignment we're ambassadors for Christ now. It's immature to discriminate against anyone because of the color of their skin. Not as immature. We're a new creation. Old things are passed away. We're ambassadors for Christ. That's shallow. We can't be shallow, immature Christians. The world's going to do what the world's going to do. I'm talking to those of us that have been regenerated from above, which means we've been born again. We understand we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We understand that we are to make disciples of each and every one, all nations on this earth. And we understand as 2 Corinthians 5.20 is telling us, now then, underline, remember I told you it's timing, now, then, right now, today, stop running from the assignment. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beg us by you that we implore you, we urge you on Christ's behalf, be restored to God. That's the assignment that we take. It's saying, look, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be rescued. You can be rescued. You can be restored into a right relationship with God because of sin and the prototype Adam was defective so we were all born into sin people have the nerve to get upset with Adam if Adam hadn't ate the fruit see we focus on the wrong things you need to be excited about Jesus Christ and the new creation you have in Christ it's immature to talk about what Adam did it's mature to understand what Jesus Christ has done when he resurrected on that third day. And now we can be restored. We can be reconciled to God and no longer separated from God. We can be connected and committed to God through Jesus Christ. And that's the best news you can tell someone. And then it's up to them to accept it or reject it. But they have to know. And that's why we have to go and let them know. That's what God is calling us. That's our assignment. We've been comfortable. We've been running too, too long. Now we're in the midst of a storm and God is saying, wake up spiritually, get up and go. And let the world know Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth. And not only that, you can be restored. Look at verse 21. Let's read that. For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What is that saying? It's saying that we can be back in right standing because of Jesus Christ. We're back in right standing with God because of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be afraid of God. God's not out to get you. Through Jesus Christ, God's saying, I don't even remember the last sin that you committed. Through Jesus Christ, God is saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. 
Just like Jesus Christ did for the thief on the cross. He said, today you shall be with me in paradise because of Jesus Christ. We're new creations. And through Jesus Christ. God has invited us to paradise. It's the best news you can tell the world today. Don't get caught up in the temporary stuff that's going to fade away. Commit to Christ and don't commit to the counterfeit. Because of Jesus Christ, we've been restored to right standing with God. It's the new creation. And that's something we should celebrate every day. No time to waste. No excuses. And the rest we'll pick up next week. Let us bow our heads. Lord, we love you. We bless you and we thank you, Lord. Just for the challenge, Lord, to stop making excuses and stop wasting time and stop getting caught up with them to wake up spiritually and get on track and go in the right direction that you've called us to. So right now, Lord Jesus, we confess our sins. We repent. We turn around right now, God. And we're begging. We're asking, God, give us the strength. We know we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Give us the strength, Lord, to resist and rebuke the Jonah syndrome. To stop making an effort to get a way out. Stop paying to get out. And stop hanging out with the ungodly friends and stop making excuses, hiding behind all the things that you've blessed us with. And we're hiding behind those things, making excuses. God, forgive us right now in the name of Jesus. We can spend five to ten minutes, minutes each day with you in the morning, worshiping and reading scripture and praying for our country for our leaders, for our family, for our friends, for our spouse, for our parents, for our kids, for our grandkids. We can spend five minutes a day, God, with you. And stop talking about the business and the job and the relationships. They can wait. Yes, they're important, but they don't take priority over you. Forgive us, God, for putting stuff before you and the stuff that we would throw overboard in a minute if it was to save our life. Forgive us for putting so much emphasis on that. God, we confess and forsake the sin and we ask, help us to do better. Help us to start with five minutes a day praying, reading the Proverbs, reading your word. Give us the desire, the strength and the courage to get back on track and fulfill the godly assignment that you have for us. Let us beg and pray and ask you every day. God, show me the godly assignment that you have for me. And God, give me the strength to fulfill it. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I've never accepted. Someone invited me. Someone shared this on Facebook. Someone invited me to the Zoom, and I've never really accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It's just like the scripture said in the book of Luke today, God's invited us all to come back into a right relationship with him through Jesus Christ. It's really simple. You just ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and take over your life and help make you the person that he's called you to be, to fill you with, your, to fill you with his Holy Spirit so that you can have the strength and the mindset to live for God. It's that simple. We, it's, it's, it's those of us who are saved, that's what we did. It's nothing mystical or magical. It is supernatural, but it's, you know, you don't fall on the floor and roll around and all. You don't. You just make a conscious decision to follow God. I remember I did that was 17. I knew exactly what I was doing. And I did it right as I was laying down, going to bed that night, I said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. After someone had shared the gospel with me, I was too, too nervous. I was put on the spot when they asked, do you want to accept Christ now? So I just stayed silent. But when I went to bed that night, I just said, Lord Jesus, I, I do want to accept you. I, was, I was, didn't want to be put on blast, didn't want to be made a spectacle of. But God, I do want you. I was 17. My life has never been the same since. A sincere Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Thank you for forgiveness of sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for resurrecting on that third day. 
Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and help me to be the person that you created me to be. I now receive you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you that I'm born again. I'm regenerated from above through Jesus Christ. Amen. Simple prayer. If you prayed that prayer, send me an email. I can send you scriptures and other information on the decision that you just made. Email. Email us at life at southbayalc.com. Life at southbayalc.com. Would love just to help you on your journey as a new Christian or someone that's rededicated their life. <laughs> I'm thankful for the, for the mentors, the Christian mentors that God sent into my life. Once I was saved and once I rededicated my life, life has never been the same. It makes all the difference to find a godly, a godly crowd, people that are hearing from God, being able to share what God is speaking to their heart and help you as we're trying to all trying to navigate. I still have mentors that I call. You never get to a point where you arrived. Not with Jesus Christ, we're always knowing. Remember in, in 1 Corinthians 13 and 12, it says right now we see through a, a mirror dimly. We don't see it now. When we transition, we'll see it and we'll be known and we will know that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what the scripture says, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 and 12. So you don't, you, you, we'd all, we don't know it all. We all need mentors. We need to be discipled. We need to be encouraged. There's nothing weird about that. There's nothing stupid about that. There's nothing saying I'm inferior about that. It's nothing. It's just the, just the way that it is as we grow in Christ. We don't know it all. That's why we need a Savior. We don't have it all together. That's why Christ died on the, sin, on the cross for our sins. If we had it all together, we wouldn't need God. So we need God and we need godly people in our life. Uh, let me go ahead and finish the uh, announcements and then we will go ahead and pray and wrap up. Remember Bible study Wednesday, this Wednesday, 1 Kings chapter 17, just an incredible chapter. Um, please, if you haven't visited this year, this is the week to visit. You will be blessed. Uh, again, that's Wednesday night from 6.30 to 7.30. And then thank you again for your giving. It allows us to get this message out <laughs> to the world, a world so, that so desperately needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then this message will be posted uh, by tonight on YouTube. Uh, Facebook family, please share it. Uh, as, as most of you do each Sunday, just reminding you as the message is going, please share the message uh, with friends and family and give them the opportunity, whether they listen for a few minutes or their message in its entirety, uh, just share it with them. But this will be on YouTube. Uh, it will be under Pastor Jerome Vincent Carter, our South Bay Abundant Life Church. Put those in, the date will be right there. You'll see the message. Then just copy the link and forward it, share it with, uh, text it to your friends and say, just check out bits and pieces of the message. If you were blessed by it, um, please do that. Um, that's it. We will, be, we will be fasting and praying uh, every Sunday. Oh, my God. We, we can't stop. We don't, we don't have a minute to waste. We don't have time to waste. We're not going to make excuses. Uh, every Sunday morning, those of you that can join me, we'll have our first meal after service. Uh, we're just, just praying for God to continue to show himself strong, praying for healing and peace in this country. But first, healing and peace in your heart. Because if it's not in your heart, you can't take it you can't take it anywhere. It has to be in your heart, then in your home, then you take it outside. If it's not real in your home, let me say it again. If it's not real in your heart, then it's not real in your home and it's not gonna make a difference outside of your home. So the progression is peace and healing through Christ in your heart. Then make sure you're practicing it in your home. And then when you take it out, then it's real when you take it to the world because it's a part of who you are and it's a habit because you've been practicing it each and every day. So let's continue to be persistent in getting the message out and praying and fasting each and every Sunday morning corporately for those of you who can join me with that. Um, well, let's pray and then we will dismiss. Lord, we love you. We bless you. Lord, we thank you that you've come to give us life and that more abundantly. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. God bless you. Love you, family. Facebook, Zoom, South Bay Abundant Life Church family. I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. It's going to be a blessed time. Guaranteed the word of God is going to bless your life Wednesday night. Be blessed. Be safe. Practice good, healthy habits so we can uh, stay safe, so we can continue the work that God's called us to do with no excuses. Love you. And I'll see you Wednesday night.